Alrighty. I'm Henrika. And I'm Sarah Jane. And this is... Not... So... Super! (laughs) Hello. We are once again recording remotely this week. Uh, This is also our last episode of this season. I know, this is a little sad, but (laughs) we're definitely coming back with another season soon. But this one was Mm -hmm. just like the very first. We're still working out kinks, figuring it out, working on format. But we have an idea for what our second season is going to be. We're excited Mm -hmm. to get started on that. Yes, very excited. And it's been... It's been great, guys, just sharing our nerdiness, as my sister calls it, with Hi, you. Hi, sister. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know you, we usually banter in before, and I was just thinking, this week, we've gone back to the 1940s, uh, 1930s. We're in the 1930s, sorry. And the, yes. I was just so excited i'm so happy with this character and i'm kind of mad at myself that i didn't find her sooner because i'm just like super super into her like i went on this deep dive if i could find her old comics but they're like it's really obscure comic strips so i can't Mm -hmm. find like the whole thing and it's not even like a comic book they're like legitimate comic comic strips strips yeah like, so, you know how there's, I th- oh, what's his name? That guy, uh, Dilbert, in the newspaper, like that. Mm-hmm. Or Blondie, mm-hmm. like those kind of comic strips, mm-hmm. which I haven't read since I was a kid. I don't know if people still do that, though. I haven't bought a newspaper in a long time. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so I don't even know if they're, like, still a thing. But, like, I remember, remember those, remember those, um... I forgot what candy it was, but it was like, was it bubble Bazooka Joe gum. Yes. Yes. I don't. Yes. Do they still have those? They have to. That was like a memory unlocked. (laughs) (laughs) I think I'm going to go to the corner store tomorrow and see if they have it. They have to have it. It's just a staple of like childhood. Did we just age ourselves? Oh, yeah, we did. It's completely. There's some people listening. They're like, newspaper. They still make those? Candy with (laughs) images on it? (laughs) Candy in general? What is candy? We don't eat sugar. That's what it's like. We we don't eat sugar. I think about that. Like, there'd be the Sunday New York Times would come. I think that's the only one, like we ever got i know some people get it every day Mm. and whatnot but like it was just sunday new york times that big one and then it would have the whole comic section and Mm -hmm. you'd be excited to read that i can't imagine kids nowadays getting excited for newspapers for even even held a newspaper But the thing is, it's not, it wasn't that long ago. Like, even if we're aging ourselves, it's so funny because it, it wasn't that long ago. It's not long that long ago, ago yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was just like Sunday morning. Do you remember morning. the last time you held a new, like you purposefully Physically went held. to get a newspaper? Yeah. No, that's the thing. Like I can't remember. I remember, but because it was um, business related. So like for those of you who are trying to start your own LLC, um, oh yeah, in order to register your LLC, you need to post. I forgot what it's called, but you need to put a publication in a newspaper. To prove, you know, X, Y, Z, yada, yada. It's all this, like, uh, legality. That's the last time I purposefully went to go get a newspaper was so that I had that proof. Other than that, I don't remember when the other time was. You know what's crazy about that? I was a journalism major. I read, I, like... <laughs> right, there you go. Look at you. <laughs> hey, but they don't, don't get me wrong. That's the, the funny part is, like physically have a newspaper i must have been in college when i was getting my undergrad because we were expected for most of my journalism classes they do make you like you know read a newspaper you have to it's part of the mm-hmm. thing you you need to read a newspaper every week so i got into that habit in college and i don't necessarily read a newspaper cover to cover but i read news articles from various news publications every day so I Mm -hmm. do like I read news print every day I just haven't picked up a paper in like a decade (laughs) like this is why well it's also because we get the news digitally and it's so accessible at least if in in the sense like if you have access to internet it's accessible I don't even see it in stores. <laughs> they used to, the like, corner stores where they, used to where carry they used them. to be. You're right. Like people don't really this get is them. So dated, but like <laughs> I remember going to Met Foods. Yes. When it was a Met Foods, I don't know if you remember, they used to have uh, photocopy machines where you would pay like ten cents to make a photocopy. Yeah. But the newspapers would be, like, right next to it. So if you, you know, needed to make a copy of something, you could also buy a newspaper, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. But that's not there. The newspapers aren't there. I don't even see magazines other than... At like, the if grocery you're at a, store. Yeah, on... grocery store, Lowe's, those types of places. Did you just say Lowe's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that too random? <laughs> it is. I was like, isn't Lowe's, like... Home Depot, like I'm Home just. Home Depot. Where do you see magazines? Where are you getting magazines at Home Depot? At the cash register, point of sales. You still go next to, to the see? Skittles. No, but here that's the point because I go to when I go to Home Depot, I go to self checkout. There's no magazines over there. What? They're there. Listen, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because go look next time. It's I near go, the batteries. You know the point, is it not bad though? <laughs> I go to Home Depot. I want to say minimum once a month, maybe sometimes more. And I always go to self-checkout. I think I went to the cashier one time and it was very upsetting because there was no one in the store and they called they me over and there. I was like, yeah, I was like, I don't <laughs> want to come here. But she's like, come, come, I'll check you out. And obviously they it's because They're bored. so enthusiastic of getting <laughs> someone to check out with them because nowadays you just want to self-checkout. I don't want it. I was heading to self-checkout. And she just pulled me, and then I was trapped having her ring me up. And then I was like, oh. That's why they're always standing around. They're like, oh, come here. I'm like, oh, no. I wanted self-checkout. I, 
I'm in a Lowe's or a Home Depot probably like twice a week. It's ridiculous. My man, are you building a new deck? Basically, like <laughs> this is an old house. Things are breaking all the time. <laughs> I might as well be working there and getting discounts. <laughs> she got an employee like, discount. Checking myself out. <laughs> They're like, oh, no, you, they know you by first name. Like it's the local yeah. bar. They're like, hey, oh, how's Sarah how's your porch doing? <laughs> you fix that, that water la- leak? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did that last purchase work out? Like they know you because you're there so often. I'm so sick of it. It's like <laughs> if you own a house, you're forever always in like a a hardware store or a home improvement store. Endless. If it's an old house, if it's a yeah. new house, then you have no problems. Yeah, but a new house doesn't have character like they say. This is true. Mine has a lot of broken character. (laughs) So old. That's too funny. On another side note, I pretty much have, like, my own personal jungle now. That's good. You already had your own personal jungle. What are you talking about? I did. Not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. But those two little guys that you brought me are adorable. Oh, for your birthday? Yes. They're so cute. I forgot what they're called. I'm going to look up the name later. But they w- they sh- they're like a uh, string of pearls, but they are not round. A string of pearls. It's so pretty. Though watering is a whole nother thing. Oh, so yes, I forgot to tell you how to water it. <laughs> oh, you forgot to tell me. No, but the I just one told thing you, you did water to... it. <laughs> water it, exactly. Um, so for her birthday, I gifted her kokedamas, which is a Japanese uh essentially ball of moss where the ball of moss is essentially the planter or container of you know whatever plant you want to put in it so it's literally a ball of moss and soil with a little plant in the middle um so i i made them for her and i gave her two for her birthday and you want to essentially dunk the moss of moss of ball ball of moss (laughs) in water so then it'll soak up all the water then you don't have to think about watering it until it's dry again or you could spray it with water until the soil is moist enough like so i started Mm -hmm. watering it and i was like oh that's a little puddle so then i put a little plastic container underneath and then like (laughs) i just poured yeah i just poured water and then there was water sitting in the plastic container and i woke up this morning and all the water's gone so i'm like okay i inherently knew what to do except i didn't put it in a bowl of water which i will do next there you time. go your inner plant lady i know i know but it's so cute it's so cute you can hang so, them too i saw that and i was like but then you take it down to water it i just put a towel on the ground to collect the water while i spray okay. it in the air well see that's what i was gonna say because i was thinking of just the i could also logistics um, of it make like a little saucer for you that 
that you can hang string off of the saucer and then put the ball on the saucer. It's a little plate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little tiny little plate. They're so cute. But do they grow like green all over the outside? That's if, well, I use preserved moss. You could also use live moss, which mm-hmm. could potentially keep growing. You could put succulents in that form. You could put ferns in there. Uh, some people That'd do bonsai cute. trees. Mm-hmm. No, ferns are um, so temperamental. <laughs> I don't like ferns. Ferns don't like me. So we stay away from each other. I was telling someone that. I was like, oh my god. Ferns are beautiful, though. They're so beautiful. But nothing I do, nothing I do works. They're too, yeah, like they're, they burn easily too. Yeah, but there's no place unless you put them in a closet that it seems like they're not getting too much sun. <laughs> I can put it on the complete other side of the room where the the light doesn't even touch it, and it's like no, this is too much light for me. It's I very burn. annoying, mm-hmm. very upsetting, mm-hmm. and then it gets all shriveled up and skinny. Yeah, I don't. I think that's probably the only plant I wouldn't buy. The fern. No bueno. And I know there's some people out there who are like, oh, my God, plants are so difficult. I even kill succulents. And I, too, was one who thought you could kill a succulent, but you can't kill a succulent. They never die. (laughs) They never die. If you think you're killing it, you're just overwatering it. You literally, I tried this trick someone told me about. You put it in a brown um, paper bag. You put it, like, I put it under my bed put it in a closet under the sink just in a dark place and you leave it there for a couple like a week two weeks i honestly left it there for a month and i came back and had little baby sprouts all the water was like all the water was dried from the soil but it wasn't dead so yeah you cannot kill a succulent unless it's like a really bad infestation or maybe you use like the wrong food so it's like a chemical type thing i don't i they're really resilient Mm -hmm. like they'll keep coming back Mm -hmm. at least green plants i'm not too sure about like flowering plants i don't know you might be able to kill orchids so orchids are another (laughs) thing that i don't want to buy yeah so finicky no nobody just gets up and decides well i mean some people do but if you get up and decide like you went from never dealing with plants to like i'm going to have orchids well you're going to be sad (laughs) <laughs> because they're going to die. They're, they're not die. easy plants at all. I was gifted an orchid, and <laughs> in my head I was like, damn, I don't want this gift. <laughs> but I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and and then no. someone else gifted me another orchid. I'm I like, y'all need to stop. Orchids. You got to gift an orchid to someone yeah. who actually likes orchid orchids. Orchid people are like orchid people i know this one lady she has like 50 orchids they're all alive they're all thriving but she's an orchid person those are the only people you need to gift an orchid to no one yeah literally i see it all the time like people buy orchids and like those are really you gotta have the special touch all right but you got it. You a plant lady. You should be able to handle any plant. I don't want it. No. And you know, on top of all of that, I think they're, this is, it's going to sound bad, but they kind of just feel like old lady plants. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's like a, 
this is an old lady, but this is what I think of, yeah. of like a 55-year-old woman yeah. reading her romance novel in her little no. nook by her bay Stop. window I've, next to her In orchid. my mind, she's like, she's 65 to 70. She's wearing a muumuu. She has her orchids. They're they're in the bay window though, and like she's she's like watering them, and she's walking mm-hmm. around in her house slippers, and uh, you you know what I'm I'm just <laughs> that's what I'm getting in my head, okay? So it's an insult if you gift an orchid to someone exactly. who's younger than sixty five. Exactly. Nobody younger than sixty five wants an orchid. I'm just unless they're florist, then that's a different story, but. There's so many cooler plants to give. Speaking of cooler plants, new plant warning. I got it. Another one. I got, I got a new plant, and my God, I'm in love because it's. Oh, I don't have it in here. I can't leave the bathroom because all of this equipment <laughs> is blocking the door. She yourself in the bathroom. <laughs> I can't get it, yeah. but I'll get it next time so you can see it. It literally is larger than my face and it's just one big fin Stop. it's called a whale fin plant and it looks like a dinosaur <laughs> i love it i named Aww. it dory and yes. basically you know the snake plant how it has those long uh, yeah kind of i have i have two so yeah. imagine imagine one of those <gasps> Stop! I'm looking at pictures really of it. Big. It is so cool. Just one. Just really big. Yes. Doesn't it look like a whale fin? Like, I understand oh the name, God, so why cool. they call it a whale fin. I have one of those, and I'm in love with it. It looks like a like, dinosaur plant. Like, it's straight out of the land before time. Oh, I love it. Exactly. And I love that it's just one. There's nothing else. It's just the one. Yes. And they grow really slow. Uh, so... Yeah. Obviously, the bigger it is, the older. It's going to get. I don't know how much bigger mine will get. Oh, my God. But it's basically, it's um, taller than my face. That's the only thing. I I do. I have two snake plants. They're hardy plants. I will give you this because my mom has had one for like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 20 years or something. This one snake plant. It it doesn't die. It's still chugging along. But I have two and... In my early days of pit, of plant, you know, motherhood, I would just leave them and they're still around. They're still ticking. But the only thing is they're very slow to grow. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm. That's yeah. why they, they live with you forever. But I was thinking because I had a friend tell me she has a snake plant and she took it down to her grandmother who lives at the down by the shore and she left it there one whole summer. I was like, you abandoned your child? She said, no, no, no. My child went on vacation to spend the summer with her grandparents. So (laughs) she left it there the whole summer and the plant grew so much because it just sat in the sunlight. I think part of it might be just the climate of where we are too. And it depends like how your Mm -hmm. house is positioned, north facing, south facing. And then there's a big tree in my neighbor's backyard oh. that blocks <laughs> a lot of sun that could potentially be shining in my home and it's That's really annoying. people i mean that city life you you could essentially live in an apartment where you get like no natural sunlight whatsoever all, all your sunlight mm-hmm. is artificial mm-hmm. 
and we live like this by choice a lot of the times guys by choice but no (laughs) (laughs) i try any area that gets sunlight there's a plant there she's not joking (laughs) that's not a joke if there's the slightest bit of light she has stuck a plant in that little spot even spots that don't make sense like the one near yes. the ceiling. <laughs> she it's ridiculous. We're both tall people, but like well, above average people. We still need ladder to water it. Like you'd have to get a ladder to water it. But it's thriving. It is thriving in that awkward corner near the ceiling. Along with that, why did they build that? I mean, that's why I don't work with that contractor <laughs> anymore, okay? He does that. <laughs> that is that was his Stop. work. He did that. It yes. doesn't even make sense. Why nope. didn't you just? <sighs> and I had to fix it. It didn't even finish it. It's like I'm not an architect or a contractor or you know a building planner, but it just seems like you wouldn't just leave a wall halfway to the ceiling. Just finish it. Just take it all the way to the ceiling. Not to him, (laughs) who is apparently a professional contractor. I can't. Oh, my God. Speaking of professionals, right? Right? Okay. (laughs) Because we could technically go on about plants forever. Um, But that's just a good segue for my character. Like I said, we are back in the 30s. And my character this week, her name is uh, Torchy Brown. And yes, yes, I saw uh, her. Yes, yes, I know. It's so good. So, Torchy Brown. What a uh, name! I know it's great. It's really, really great. It's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was created by Zelda Jackie Ormes in May of 1937. So the first incarnation of her comic strip ran to 1940. And Ormez is considered the first Black female cartoonist. Now, Torchy appeared in Torchy Brown in Dixie to Harlem, a weekly feature in the Pittsburgh Courier, a Black newspaper that distributed it to 14 other Black newspapers, and made Ormez essentially the first black woman syndicated cartoonist and the only black woman (laughs) syndicated cartoonist until the 1990s. So I know it's one of those things. So Torchy was strong, smart, resourceful black woman, which is also very much against the standard images of black women you had in any form of media at this time. Mm-hmm. She was a, de- you know, a departure from everything people were seeing. And she fought against a wide range of injustices, including racism and pollution. So, you know, she was ahead of her time. Oh, hey. Uh, yes. And then she was funny and she was relatable and she owned her sexuality and was described as sensual by many critics and commentators. All of that added up where this is, again, a time when women are, on one hand, expected to own that femininity, but then they're persecuted for it. 
and you it's mm-hmm. it's just very jarring so she was literally drawn bolder than many of her contemporaries of the time including i noticed they mentioned miss fury who i talked about mm-hmm. last week so what ormez did was she she and when i say drawn drawn bolder i mean actual lines <laughs> her drawings were were the lines mm-hmm. were thicker like i said she appeared in two strips a decade apart so that first strip was from 1937 to 1940 and then her second strip was uh torchy in heartbeats which lasted from 1950 to 1955. Now, Ormez also made Torchy a paper doll line, which was, you know, popular mm. among black servicemen who would mm-hmm. use her as pinups. Because again, there was very few black images of women like that that they could use. So Torchy, her character moves from Mississippi at an early age to Harlem, you know, during the Harlem Renaissance time period. This is like a little after it, but it's still a bustling, thriving, you know, hub for just Black excellence and artistry. And she was a staple uh, staple act performing at the world-famous Cotton Club. At the time, the Cotton Club was one of the largest venues for black artists and the fact that she was a regular act says that Torchy was very talented as well because this was the place where you know Duke Ellington was the leader of the house band for two or three years you know Ethel Waters performed Louis Armstrong Billie Holiday Lena Horne they had, you know, dancers like Bilbo Jingles Robinson, um, acts like the Dandridge Sisters, and my favorite vocalist of all time, Ella Fitzgerald. Also, a little bit more about it, it's like, to know, even though it was run, you know, by Black people, started by um, a Black man, former boxer, Jack Johnson, featured all Black performers, <laughs> Black people could not patron it for most of its original run, except for celebrity exceptions. Like, you know, famous Black people come to town, they could have drinks there, but regular Black people could not. For many of the years that it was in, at least the original iteration of it was the Cotton Club as we think of in history. The famous one ran from 1920 to 1940. They only let Black patrons in in 1935. So, towards the end of it. And then, also, even though it was this place where Black performers could, black performers could be showcased, there was also, on top of the racism of it, there was also this thing as we see uh, colorism, where the eventual owner was very proud to say that the chorus girls had to be tall, tan, and terrific, uh, which meant that they were like five foot six. They essentially passed the paper bag test. And he also really boasted of the fact that most of them were under the age of 21. Um, And then while this is going on, we also have instances of a lot of racist tropes 
being performed for all white patrons. So there were jungle themes and the accompanying music that would go with that. And you have savages featured and all of this going on in these reviews done by beautiful, famous, you know, black people, but playing into the images. So it's such a weird, like, for me, it was such a weird dichotomy where you have uh, Torchy as this strong, independent, resourceful, smart um, Black woman, and then she's also made the choice to work at this, this institution that belittles her as a person. And then you look at it at the mm -hmm. time, what, what other options were available to her? What could she do? I was just utterly fascinated by it. The cart, I mean, also, <laughs> Torchy is, is, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous um, as, a, as a cartoon strip. Um, but yeah, every now and then I could see like pan, a, a panel, but I couldn't really see much of the strip because it is so old and it's not a book it's a strip from a newspaper so it's really difficult mm -hmm. for me to mm -hmm. to have really been able to see it and I know there's like relative content because she was there for four years in the beginning and then five years so like almost a decade there should be like a decade but then on top of that she was only appearing in black newspapers so it's like I don't know if they were preserved as well or kept as well mm -hmm. um, for future generations to have access to. But I mean, with all of that other going on in the background, I mean, it's still such a, a wonderful change for you to see this successful, you know, black woman cartoon. Black character. Yeah in uh from the mm -hmm. 19 yeah 30, 37, 37 1937 mm -hmm. um i can't imagine what that did for like young black girls to see her to have her dolls to play with for the black servicemen to be able to put up this beautiful black woman um in their locker as well so i kind of loved it um and the fact that you know jackie ormez is like the first syndicated black woman cartoonist and from what i read somewhere else like torchy is her alter ego mm. so i don't know it's like her version of sasha fierce man mm -hmm. so what was the yes. publication that. for uh the mm -hmm. paper the publication yeah the pittsburgh courier which was um a black run newspaper nice. so i mean pennsylvania yeah i'm not surprised <laughs> Because <laughs> I gave her the opportunity as a female artist and creator yes. to put out a character that looked like her. Yes. Versus like... And a character that would speak to their audience. Yeah, I'm sure, at least in that specific time, had she been in a all-white publication, they wouldn't have let her do that. Nope. It would have had been like another, you know, Sheena, warrior princess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No offense to Sheena. <laughs> it was. Like, I love the idea of that. Like, she... <laughs> I think it works, too, because, like, Torchy 
the reason she gets this name most likely is because she was like a torch singer, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So she sang in a mm-hmm. nightclub. Um, so she's a performer, and yet she's also a, like a hometown superhero. She's out here combating racist, and she's like, no, pollution is a problem. We need to care about the environment. And it's she's doing the little thing. She's not like necessarily a superhero with superpowers, but I imagine for little black girls and boys back then, like she's pretty heroic. She's 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 pretty, you know, spectacular. I'm just talking about real world problems. Yeah. <laughs> it's real. All right, Torchy was a real one, and I love it. I was like, when I found it, I think this is like the the one I was most excited to do this season. And it's and it's kind of funny that she gets to be like the f- last official one mm-hmm. because she's kind of great, even though it's because it's so old and so specific that there isn't as much. But I just. I loved reading about it. There was just so many first. And even though there was those other bits, it couldn't take away from the awesomeness that is the strip. So yes, that was my pick. Nice. For 1930s. Thank you. So your turn. I don't know if you remember when we first started this. I had like already started writing a few <laughs> and then we decided yes. a year so this one i just mm-hmm. finished it had i already started it and the intention was to do it uh for the first episode i changed my mind and now you've come full circle yes there have been uh many animal superheroes from felines to canines donning uh, capes and masks similar to their human counterparts but man's best friend is the most adored choice. Do you know which dog breed is the most portrayed super dog in American comics? German Shepherd? Yes! <laughs> Good guess! My guess Thank was um, the Labrador Retriever. That was my first guess. No, they're too cute. That's true. Do you know which is the most used name for these super German shepherds? Um, Rover? I don't know. No. No. <laughs> that's, that's a Labrador's name. <laughs> what is the name? The Wonder Dog. The Wonder Dog! So you have Streak the Wonder Dog in 1948, featured with Green Lantern for All-American Comics. Then there's Rex the Wonder Dog, in 1955 for DC Comics, and Wonder Dog, (laughs) no real name, (laughs) who was Half-Blood Hound in 1973 for, uh, again, for DC Comics. But the original Wonder Dog, who I'm going to talk about today, went by the name Rangatang. Rangatang was a German Shepherd dog who originally was created by writer Norman Danberg and artist Will Har, published by MLJ Magazine, who later became Archie Comics for Blue Ribbon Comics. Rangatang was loyal and a highly talented dog who protected good humans and friendly animals from evil. His powers included intelligence, 
super keen eyes, hearing, and sense of smell, a good tracker, the smarts to outwit human foes, and fierceness to fight off anything large and small. Basically, you know, normal dog stuff. This unusually intelligent dog had an almost human-like brain where he could understand human speech, including the person's tone of voice, body language, and moral character. He was inspired by the famous and real-life canine silent film star Rin Tin Tin, who was also mm-hmm. a German Shepherd. That's why I picked German Shepherd. And was, yeah, he was considered to be very uh, intelligent and talented himself. Uh, a little deep dive mm-hmm. in Rin Tin Tin. Rin Tin Tin was born in, I don't know French, <laughs> Phil Ray, France? <laughs> uh, and was rescued from a World War I battlefield by American soldier Lee Duncan, who nicknamed him Rinty. Rintintin is a French-born German shepherd that was adopted by an American. Yes. <laughs> yep. Duncan trained Rin Tin Tin, who eventually became a worldwide famous dog on and off screen, increasing the popularity of German Shepherd dogs as characters and as family pets. After Rin Tin Tin died at the age of 14, the name was given to uh, several of his related German Shepherd dogs, who also went on to Hollywood. You've got Rin Tin Tin Jr., Rin Tin Tin III, and Rin Tin Tin the fourth, uh, although none of them were as talented as the original oh. Rinty himself. After Duncan died, this is weird. A fangirl from Texas, who had purchased several direct descendants of Rin Tin Tin from Duncan, had bred the dogs to keep the bloodline. They're Targaryens. <laughs> oh my God! Of course, you would use a Game of Thrones. <laughs> reference keep the bloodline pure and i kind of understand (laughs) it (laughs) she basically bred these dogs and there's like multiple generations of them uh the final one is with her great granddaughter who has rin tin tin the what's x i i i 23 (laughs) how many x's one x is 10 so 13. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, is this 13 or 23? Yeah, two X's. Two XXIII is 23. The current Rin Tin Tin is XIII. So 13. That's too many Targaryens. <laughs> so Rangatan was originally a circus dog at a small carnival who escaped a cruel master running away to live on the streets and wander alone. Until one day, he witnesses two hitmen plotting to kill their target. Rangatang, trained to understand humans, realizes the pair is up to no good, so he saves the life of their target, who happens to be private detective High Speed. And that's High Speed spelled H-Y. Of course it is. High Speed. Of course it is. (laughs) Grateful and probably a dog lover himself, High Speed took Rangatang in as his own and instantly recognizes what a smart boy he is. 
High Speed eventually brings Rangatang along to his uh, stakeouts and makes him his crime-fighting partner. But disappointed with the first few issues, the publishers took a six-month break between issues number three and number four. When issue number four was published in June 1940, Rangatang had a new focus. A new creative team, Joe Blair and Ed Small, had come along. They made an abrupt move away from the original uh, urban crime adventure storyline and went showtime. In the new storyline, Rangatang's heroic endeavors earned him a nationwide reputation as the Wonder Dog, where him and High Speed do what all aspiring actors do and move to Hollywood and become film stars for Mammoth Pictures. In issue number five, Rangatang and High Speed arrive at the Mammoth Pictures studio, which is overcast with mystery. From a series of so-called accidents, on set on the production of their latest film, Boy Wonder, directed by Nawson Swells. While on set, Rangatang the Wonder Dog continuously <laughs> saves one starlet after another from these mysterious accidents, from a runaway horse to an uncaged lion. This is like uh, giving me Scooby-Doo vibes. Scooby. Scooby was a great Dane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rangatang, with his smarts, finally realizes that it swells himself who is sabotaging the film. I'm not sure why the director is trying to sabotage his own film. Who knows? <laughs> Doesn't that seem like... Okay, so think about it. No, mm -hmm. I was saying so, but think about it. Like, why would a director sabotage his own film? Like, maybe he realizes it's not that good, but he wants to save face? Or maybe there's something in it that he doesn't want to get out. That's a whole, right there, that's a whole movie and a half right there, all right? Right? Oh. Like, it's something, it's something like that. I see. That's <laughs> why. I just, it's something like that, something dastardly. It just didn't make sense to me. <laughs> he never finished the script, so he's like, I, I don't know what to do, we we can't pretend to finish it. So it's a, it's probably something like that. Or he ran out of money. And he can't finish it. And now he needs some kind of like escape or the insurance money. He ran out of funding. Yes, exactly. Yes, Sarah Jane. Yes. This is how you got to think. <laughs> but continue with um, Rin Tin Tin's uh, copy. Since Rangatang can't speak out and tell high speed what he's realized, he lets his partner in crime know by putting on a beret, glasses, and pipe to imitate Swells. High Speed realizes the <laughs> hints being thrown at him, and the pair chase the villainous director upset scaffolding, making him fall to his death. Grateful for their service, the higher-ups at the Mammoth Pictures gives them film contracts, because of course, why not? The next issues introduce more mysterious crimes to solve with the addition of a third member, Richie Waters, a former child star known as Richie the Amazing Boy who assists Rangatang and High Speed with apprehending the bad guys, and the boys become inseparable from then on. Unfortunately for Rangatang and the new trio, 
comic book readers were more thirsty for actual costumed magical superheroes, and by issue number nine, Rangatang and the gang was pushed off the cover in favor of MLJ's new caped sensation, Mr. Justice and Captain Terrible Flag. Terrible names. Very Americana. <laughs> <laughs> They're so bad. Mm-hmm. Rangatang's adventures continue to appear, but only as the second feature for the rest of the comics run. In the last six months of the strip, the trio started to drift away from Hollywood to seek adventure elsewhere. And what's sad is that in his final adventure, issue number 22, Rangatan gets lost. Gets lost in the Northwoods, never to be seen again. That's so sad! I know! His story ends the way it began, wandering alone. And I cried a little when I read that. It's so sad. Like, why would you do that to little kids? I was like, I know. Oh, I can't even imagine kids reading this yeah. comic and being like, where did he go? And I think the Northwoods, I didn't look it up, and I'm also bad with geography, but I think the Northwoods is real. So I wonder if kids what? like ask their parents, can we go to the Northwoods to find Rangatang? You're like... No, Billy. Rangatang is a comic book. <laughs> so sad. No, you can't do that. That's like telling someone, telling an American child Santa's not real. No, Billy. <laughs> Santa's, Santa's not, not real, real, Billy. <laughs> All right, I'm the one who buys your parent, uh, your present. Exactly. And I, I read that last part. I was like, I can't handle that. I can't handle losing yams if she gets lost. And poor high speed. Poor Rangatang. Oh, that's so sad. Rangatang uh, was MLJ's first continuing cover hero. He was the first cover star of Blue Ribbon Comics and therefore the first in Archie Comics' history as well. Although Rangatang ended up a lone wanderer, he remained a favorite for many young readers, influenced future canine characters, and encouraged animal kindness. Starting in issue number four, Blue Ribbon Comics offered a special membership to the Rangatang Club. For 10 cents, you got not only a club membership, but a membership card and a Rangatang pinback button. <laughs> Memberships also included advice and counsel from the club's veterinarian, who corresponded by letter with club members that had any questions about taking care of their dog. Members could also qualify for the Rangatang Honor Legion by writing a letter about an exceptional deed you had done that involved, quote, kindness or courage toward any animal, be it dog, cat, horse, bird, or wildlife. So at the end of uh, the issues, these honorees were listed on the club page, along with excerpts of their letters and received an engraved Rangatang Honor Legion Diploma, signed by the writer, artist, and veterinarian. Isn't that bittersweet? It's sad. And you know what's funny? The whole time you were talking, I was like, damn, I'd rather have a Red Rider BB gun. (laughs) 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 The whole time. I'm like a pushback pin. I want a pin. Get out of here. I would buy a pin. Sucks. And I have to pay 10 cents a month? For a pin. Nope. And a diploma. No, I don't want it. Get a Do you know what 10, ce- 10 cents could get you in 1930? 
a whole meal, all right? <laughs> I get a sandwich and a coffee and a piece of pie. <laughs> I don't want your pin. Oh my gosh. I I read that and I got really excited about the pin. I would I would pay 10 cents for a Do pin. You, no. I you would, would pay I would save 8 months of allowance. <laughs> To buy a 10 cents pin. That's what I'm saying. I was like, <laughs> for us, 10 cents seems like that's nothing. That's throwaway change. Like it fell, you know, in your couch cushions and you don't care. But I was like, in 1930, 10 cents is a lot of money. It's a lot of that money. Was, that was eight months of, <laughs> eight of months allowance. mowing lawns. You literally got a penny allowance and that would, you know, that was sufficient money. So can you imagine 10 cents? 10 cents a month? No, bro. I would need a part-time job to, to cover that. So, <laughs> I'm going to say no. That's what their part-time job was. Yeah, no. Mowing lawns. Yeah, no, that was what their part-time job was. But what I'm saying is that pushback pin isn't worth it. I think it is. Apple pie, a sandwich, and a cup of coffee. Don't worry, Billy. Me and you. <laughs> me and you are going to get those pins. <laughs> Just you and Billy. And then go say hi to Santa Claus after. Oh, no. That's hilarious. That's like, did you see that video um, where the kid asked Alexa if reindeer can fly? And Alexa was like, no, reindeer can't fly. And then he's like, Dad, Santa's not real. Reindeer is not a potential duo of fly. Oh, my God. Is she talking to you right now? Yes, she is. <laughs> don't call her name i know it's like beetlejuice <laughs> but like that's how that kid's uh christmas got ruined and the dad was like she's a liar me i'm like her you you're like the dad i don't even know if i believed in santa claus as a child <laughs> he's a creep so it was a very american thing Mm-hmm. For I guess my parents to force upon us. It's so creepy. It was a stranger. Santa's not in the Philippines. No, <laughs> this random. Jolly... That's just a creeper. That's yeah, a that's peeper, what I'm saying. This jolly old white dude who comes into your house and then watches you sleep and uh-huh. then p- eats your food and then possibly leaves a toy. I remember leaving cookies out, and then waking up and eating them myself. <laughs> Your parents were not entertaining that. No, they weren't. I think it was just, they were like, oh, we're in America. I think this is what kids do. No, because, you know, parents here will eat the cookies and drink the milk so the kid thinks that Santa came by. No, that didn't come with my parents' immigration status. (laughs) They need to... Stop! (laughs) That, That needs to be in the, like, welcome packet. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's this bearded per Like, I also never took pictures with Santa Claus as a kid. Because it's creepy. Every, every, <laughs> every bit about Santa is creepy. When you get older, you realize it's a creep. I'm yeah, just why like, is Santa Claus still a thing? It's not really a thing. Not anymore. I, I feel like, well... He's still in the mall come, I know. come holiday it's, season. I think we're slowly moving away from that because, like, think about it. You're going to just have your child sit on this stranger's lap. Yeah, you wouldn't do that to anyone. <laughs> you wouldn't do that in any So why would you do it to... Yeah. It's such a strange, yeah. strange tradition. So it's, I think, more and more people are like, nope, we're super good. Thanks, though. Yeah, those kids have every right to be crying <laughs> on that stranger's lap. It's like... 
like you would cry too if it happened to you. Exactly. You didn't choose to be on this stranger's lap. You paid yes. to put your baby on a stranger's that's lap. That's the worst. Like, that's even more so. Like, we pay money to have our small children sit on the stranger's lap. Immigrant parents don't do nope. that. Nope, because that shit seems bonkers to them. That's like an episode of SVU waiting to happen. They're like, mm, we're super good. <laughs> <laughs> we're super good. <laughs> Thanks, though. We'll buy something else with it. We'll buy a meal. Yeah. Instead of pay for a photo of my child and a stranger. Crying. Your child crying on a stranger's lap. Shit's traumatizing. How did we get on Santa Claus? <laughs> I literally oh, man. Like... How did we get on Santa Claus? <laughs> it's Billy's fault, actually. It is. That's, oh, that's right. It's Billy. That's how. Billy. It's Billy's fault. <laughs> That's funny. Somehow. Yeah, because Rin- Rangatang is lost in the woods at this point. Never mm-hmm. to be heard from again. Just nope. And Rangatang's a normal dog. This isn't a like super a dog. alien. Yeah. So Rangatang died in the Northwoods. He did. He did. That's sad. Or he's running with the coyotes. The coyotes probably killed Rangatang. <laughs> No, but they said, like, sometimes dogs go into the woods and then they go, like, uh, not... They join a pack. Yeah, they're they're not, like, feral, but, like, they go wild. And then they'll be living out in the woods doing wild dog things. Which I... Yeah, yams won't survive. (laughs) Okay, yams is way too pampered. Mm -hmm. She can't live that life. She's like Lady from Lady and the Tramp. I never saw that movie, but I know what you're talking about. (laughs) I tried to do that spaghetti scene with Yam. She wasn't no! having it. No! That's hilarious. Yams is like, nah. Why are you doing this? She's like, first of all, I want this spaghetti to myself. Yeah. Second of all, why are you so close <laughs> to my face? Why are you so close to my face while I'm eating? Exactly. That's hilarious. Also, I'm mad that this is what you do in your house by yourself with Yams. Try to... What else am I going to do? recreate <laughs> From Lady of the I always wanted to try. No, wait. Did you really try, though? Yes. <laughs> Why would I make that up? I don't know. I don't what know. a strange thing to make up. I don't know if it's up. worse that you didn't make it up or that you, that you did it. I don't know <laughs> which one is worse. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's sad about Rangatang, but mm. he'll live forever in those children's hearts pins his pins his his 10 cent a month pushback pins no i want to find one actually that'd be cool dude you could probably get it on ebay yeah and that 10 cent pin you're probably gonna have to like a (laughs) hundred dollars it's gonna be ridiculous it's gonna be a ridiculous it's gonna be so much money oh my god it's going to be ridiculous and only you and like six other people will understand its significance exactly you're a miss are you looking mm-hmm. it up no no right. oh is that what you wanted me to no, do i was just curious <laughs> yeah definitely look it up later because that's gonna amuse me and it'll especially amuse me if you have to pay it like 30 dollars to get one i would pay 30 dollars yes you would also pay 10 cents back then so you're not obviously thinking like a sane person so it all makes sense okay 
but I still wouldn't put a baby on a stranger's lap. So. All right. So you're not completely nutter. I get it. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Now that we've 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 segued all over the place, we've been many places today. Many mm-hmm. places. But yeah, guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. This has been a blast. Hopefully, we'll have a little treat. in between the seasons as we're trying to figure out. We do have a general idea of where we want to go next season, so that will be out mm-hmm. a little closer to the fall. But yeah, yeah, this has been great. We finished our first season. <laughs> we did. It was a struggle and a half. It's still a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> but we did. Thank you for sticking through it with us. And so, yes, my name's Henrika. And I'm Sarah Jane. And this has been... Not... So... Super!